When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories and welcome to part two of my interview with Stanton Gleave. Today's episode is sponsored by Brazen Color Country. They sell livestock handling equipment and they're located in Kanab, Utah. You can check them out on Facebook or you can also go to the Brazen website, which is brazen, B-R-A-Z-Z-E-N.com to see what they have to offer. Our other sponsor for this episode is Escalani Yurts. If you were ever in the southern Utah area and you were looking for a great place to stay, I would highly recommend checking them out. You can look them up on Facebook, Instagram, or their website is escalaniyurts.com. If you or somebody that you know is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please feel free to send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. I really appreciate all of the sponsors that I've had so far. It really helps keep this podcast going and um, helps us to be able to reach out to more people. So I really appreciate it. And I appreciate Brazen Color Country and Escalani Yurts for sponsoring this podcast. Just one of them, but another benefit from that cattle and stuff grazing is, uh, you know, they keep fires down where them where they graze. You know, like when this Mount Dutton burned, ever where them sheep had been the summer before it didn't burn. You know, they'll just, really, yeah, you can just see right the outline of where the sheep had grazed, and they just so, take enough of that feed. You know that the the fire won't pack. You know, so yeah. yeah. But. So we've talked a lot about your cows and stuff, but when did you get involved in sheep? Well, we've always had a little herd of sheep. My dad, Grandpa, and like I said, my grandpa had a big herd of sheep. Then he had a couple of hundred rounds, so we've always had sheep. But uh, I guess bought uh, hatches. I had quite a big sheep herd run up here. And they got tired of feeding coyotes. Marty Gleave, the sheriff, you know. Mm-hmm. Bought them for a year, and Marty got his fill of them in about one or two years of feeding coyotes. So we, I bought them from him, from Marty, and uh, I shouldn't say I. I guess the family bought them, me and Garrett, and my one son and Jan, my brother. Uh, and then we got too bullheaded to sell them. We decided that <laughs> we were just going to fight coyotes. So yeah. We just keep running them, and anyway, then Mark Cannon here, he decided to sell his, he run a big herd of sheep, Cannon, I don't know if you ever heard of Jerry Cannon, Mark, uh-huh. and then 
<clears throat> he ran a big herd of sheep here and got a chance to buy them. So we bought them, t wound up being two herds of sheep we bought and got a big desert permit out there that runs 3,600 head out on the west desert. So I asked you what the hardest part about being involved in this industry is, but what's the best part? Oh, best part, I guess, working with your family. My, in our, my case, anyway, the uh, whole family's involved there, you know, and see them every day. Sometimes maybe see too much of them every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they see too much of me, they make excuses for me to go do something to get me gone. <laughs> Worked in the temple over there on Wednesdays, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. In St. George. We went to St. George every week. Every Wednesday for a while. And come to find out, them boys telling everybody that was good Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and the old man leaves, so. <laughs> we don't know why they got on those Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. But I guess that'd be the best part, working with your family. Then being outdoors, you know, out. Uh, <clears throat> this is great country to be in, but when you go out on them mountains and you never see nothing, I mean, it used to be wildlife like deer and sage hens, you'd see them. And now you go out there and all you see is coyote and cougar tracks. Nothing, I mean, it, it's, it's discouraging to me. I guess people have never seen what could be there. Yeah. There's a few elk out there, quite a few elk, but you don't see much of them. They, uh, they're an animal that's, they like. They can't take any heat. They're in the dark timber till the sun goes down. They come out at night to see the tracks and the damage where they went through your fences. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, there isn't any anything of wildlife out there. But that used to always be. Like I said, I like to hunt deer, and I like to go out on the mountain. If nothing else, just look at the deer, you know, you'd yeah. see. Uh, Do you mind telling us a little bit about the country that you run in right now? Well, in the summer, it's these mountains, you know. Uh, I guess we, we run on the desert, you know, in the winter. Like down to Hanksville, that's where we started running cattle. Was down what they call Burr Point, south of Hanksville, and it, it's probably as desert a country as you'll ever see. I don't know where it gets any more deserty than that. Uh, but anyway, then the cattle come from there. They come back and they go in these foothills here, like just over these first hills below the forest on what they call BLM, and. Uh, they go from Kingston Canyon here all the way around to Marysvale on BLM on this side or over here on the other side of Kingston Canyon they go around to Circleville. And uh, they run there for a couple of months and they go up on the forest. It'd be there like all the middle of April till the middle of June. Then they're on the forest and that's on these mountains, you know, out uh some of them get quite high, like over this mountain, get close to 10,000 feet, you know, where they go. Uh, that's some really nice meadows up in there until them herd of elk there again moved in. They, them elk, them elk, they know right where the best feed is. They'll go to the best, you know. 
but that's the that's the country we run in. The sheep they run on Mount Dutton. I think that's probably the best sheep range in the state. It's just there's water in every creek, and there's just oh I don't know so many creeks across there that they run in. There's two forks of Deep Creek, and two forks of Deer Creek. Oh, and dry haulers in between Deer Creek. There's, that's a big country in there. And then there's Cottonwood, two forks of Cottonwood, and Rock Creek, Gosh. two forks of Prospect, <laughs> East Hunt Creek, West Hunt Creek, Hancock Creek, and Clarence Creek. It goes clear from Anamone to Bryce Canyon. <clears throat> what there is there, I told you they've cut those numbers way down, you know, but, that Mount Dutton probably used to run 10,000 sheep. Now it's got 2,000 on it. Really? Yeah, there's, I figured up how many acres there is per sheep. You know, a cow can live on two or three acres, I imagine, out there. So. On dying? Yeah, a sheep ought to could live on one or two acres. Anyway, there's 77 acres per sheep out there. So, I mean, each sheep has that much ground to run on 70, wow. 77 acres. I mean, it's ridiculous, all that. There it is, just going to waste, waiting for another fire to burn it out, you know, because they don't graze it. Is that strictly a sheep permit? Yeah, it's just sheep. Yeah. There is a cow permit that runs right here. Just Randy and Janet had a cow permit, you know, just right here. goes up on this end of the mountain right up over. But Okay. But from the about just beyond Anamone South, it's all sheep. When did they cut the numbers on them, and why? I don't. They started cutting them. I think whenever they'd sell them one guy to another, and a lot of when them coyotes started coming back. So when they, <coughs> every time they'd sell that sheep herd from from one outfit to the next, they'd cut the numbers down. That Forest Service would. They shouldn't allow it at ranchers, but they nobody paying that much attention back then. But uh, several different guys run. There were two or three different sheep herds I know of on that mountain at one time, and they they all got eliminated down just to hatches and cannons. Hmm. But uh, anyway, that's where the sheep run, and that's like I say, that's some good good range there. Uh, if you didn't have to feed cougars and coyotes, those sheep, I think, would be the only way to go. Really? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, I guess I'm crazy, but I like the sheep. But you got to know how to handle sheep. A lot of people don't know it. You can't holler at sheep, you know. I've seen people try to throw sheep off a truck, you know, and get mad and throwing and hollering, and the sheep just keep piling up. <laughs> if they go sit down and have a smoke... The sheep would just start coming off the truck they'd go. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, um, sheep's a different animal. you got to handle them right. If you handle them right, they're easy to be around, you know. How do you handle them? Quietly, like I say, you don't holler. And you, if you keep people quiet around them, but sometimes it's hard not to get to hollering and mad around them. But they're an animal that's ten, got a tendency to flock together you know if you holler they all come together uh or cattle <coughs> scatter you know 
like so one mine can move a thousand or two thousand sheep and several people to drive a few cows, you know. But, yeah. Uh, but I like cattle too. <clears throat> I don't know, like I said, like all animals, I guess I'm crazy that way. Like a border collie. Yeah, I'm like going to remember the same, that. <laughs> same genes of border collie dog. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> About anybody that's around them very much has got them same genes. I've trailed sheep through animal only a time or two and come out on the other end with three or four stray kids and all the dogs in town following the herd of sheep. <laughs> Mother's coming up there picking her kid up. They're just going with the herd. <laughs> you can tell them there when it's like you say that's the way you see what them kids are just trail a herd of sheep by them and watch <laughs> just fall out and want to go with them <laughs> how many head of sheep do you have and how many head of cattle do you run there's about close to 4,000 sheep 30 we try to keep 3,000 mother ewes and six or 800 replacements and a couple hundred bucks, so there'd be 38 or 900 cattle. I don't know. There's somewhere around 1,000 head. Uh, bought that roost down there, that robber's roost country. <clears throat> Lambs got high once back about 10 years, 12 years ago. Higher than I ever thought they'd get, but they haven't even got higher this year. I so wow. <laughs> can't believe them getting this high. But we sold, we got 225 a pound back then. I sold two or three loads of them and went down to the government. I still owed the government down. <laughs> <laughs> I took the money and paid the government off. Uh, got my ground out of Hawk there. And took it, packed it right over to the bank, got back in Hawk. We borrowed money to by that roost allotment out there that's out i told you we run on that burr point but just across the dirty devil river to the east is that roost country fits right in there and it's got this big river or this big gorge between them but but that's a year-round deal there oh really yeah you run about 400 head of cattle and never have to that's cool don't have to bring them off there unless you get drought out like we've been the last year or two but we yeah. come off but it's uh it's a different place. <clears throat> Hardly any fence on it's mostly ledge, you know, cattle can't get off of ledges, so the, it's kind of like sitting out there on an island, I guess, you know, cool. the Green River's on the one side and the Dirty Devil River's on the other side, and the big, what they call Happy Canyon cuts it off to the south. The only fence there is is just across the north end a couple of miles, there, a fence, and the rest of it's just natural boundary. That's, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to maintain fences. <laughs> it had been a place them old outlaws had held up, and the reason was just just far away from any any major town, you know, and they'd cross that dirty Devil River like they'd come out of Hanksville, and you could stand on one side and see a rider coming for miles, you know, to, if they come yeah. in that way, so... But I imagine you could get that far away, nobody would want to go chase you anyway out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. When you think about your time doing all of this, do you, does one particular memory stand out to you or one particular experience? <laughs> I don't know. 
I've seen a lot of wrecks. <laughs> uh, I don't know which one would be any worse than the others. I've seen, I don't know, quite a lot of dead cows at times and sheep. I've learned quite a lot of things that kill them. <laughs> like that halogeet and that'll tip over a herd. Like if you trail them into it, you know, and turn them loose on it hungry. You, mm. you probably don't know what halogeet is. I don't. Is. I was just going to ask you. It looks about like a tumbleweed around here, but uh, I don't know if there's any of it. Down around, you go down around this Paiute Reservoir and over on that east bench, it'd be over now. It likes to grow along the highways where the water runs uh, off. So, lots of times you'll find a lot of it along the highway. Halogeaton. Mm -hmm. and One old guy called it Holy Be Jesus. <laughs> Says you got one day and Holy Be Jesus, half your herd's dead. Gosh. <laughs> We trailed a bunch of cows off that mining creek country one time. Me and my dad trailed them all day and turned them off on that old elbow flight. And they cross that flight and then go over and start coming up through this elbow canyon, hit water over there, and they come up. And uh, we went the next day to pick them up, and they'd come across the flight on their own, which was halogeating across that flight. That stuff, it don't kill them until they get to water. What it does, it once they drink water, it crystallizes their kidneys. Gosh. But we started up that creek, and gosh, there's a dead cow, and then another dead cow, and then a dead cow and her big calf right in the side of her. Me and him got thinking we'd lost the herd there. <laughs> but I think there's only like 10 or 12 head or something, but enough to make you sick there. But, and it looks like a tumbleweed. Yeah. Uh, you'd think it, a green tumbleweed, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. That's about the only thing I can tell you that, but there's once you've been around it, you can tell it pretty easy. It's it's different, but it's that's what it looks the most like, the tumbleweed. Huh. Loco, there's another bad one there. I've seen that. You've yeah, probably seen, seen loco. Mm -hmm. You know how that loco looks kind of like alfalfa hay when it's bloom. That's about how this looks like a tumbleweed. Not the same, but it's got to look like yeah. that. Uh, Put a bunch of cows in the reservoir once, and that didn't look good there. I don't know why they went out on the ice and fell through and got in the creek above and went down, but I couldn't find a bunch of them, eight or ten head of them. It was heifers, big two-year-old heifer, and I had them down on the east side of the reservoir. Went to get them, and I only find whatever I can't remember was out, eight or ten of them. I had it ain't that big. I couldn't figure out where they'd gone. When the ice went off the reservoir, they'd come floating over to the bank. Gosh. <laughs> they'd been under the ice. I don't know how they got there. but <clears throat> Like I say, I've seen some pretty bad trailed sheep in once, and they come up down there. Now, greasewood, that's like halogeet and greasewood. It'll kill kill animals in the, when it first comes out really? in the spring. Yep. If you trail them in on it and they're hungry, you know. A lot of this stuff, like they say, they can eat about 50 or 60% of it of it, their diet and get fat on it and uh, feed over that it kills them so <laughs> we must have lost 50 or 60 head of sheep on that gosh but uh, I've seen them in this field though bloated that many sometimes <laughs> overnight go out so I've seen some quite a lot of crashes that way but she can live through all them like somebody said, as long as it's in the barnyard, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
Who were some of the guys that you feel like you learned from or looked up to the most? Oh, a lot of them old men tell you how to do stuff. I don't know. Uh, like I tell you, old Burns Black, he gave me some good advice. Marcel Grieve, he's an old man that told me that I told you about what Marcel said about taking the Sunday off. Oh, them old men, if you'd listen to them, I'd always listen to them, maybe because I grew up with my old grandpa Grieve, you know, around him a lot. And he told me all kinds of stuff, grandpa. Uh, he told me back then, if they don't keep them coyotes controlled, they won't have no deer in this country, because he didn't have no deer when he was a kid. He said, if you wanted mm -hmm. a deer then, you t got on his track and trailed him. Then they took care of them coyotes and cougars, and the deer come up all, you know, and they had more deer in this country than you can imagine. But old Lionel Smith up there, he gave me some good advice. He told me, don't be spending your money on bulls that's been grained or buck sheep that's been grained. He said, and that's the truth, he said, their feet are ruined when they grain them as young animals. And he said, a horse or another. And he said, if you ever get around where they've grained a young horse or a young buck sheep or a young bull don't buy them he said that's three animals if they can't travel there's no good to you or they and they're not and that's the truth he that's good advice well george Dielson in here he was a t he told me don't ever have a black faced sheep on your place <laughs> <laughs> he said they're just like a politician they just got their nose in everybody else's business he said <laughs> I don't know, them old man, they, I don't know, I don't know, I guess they, quite a lot of them tell you quite a lot of stuff. You listen to them, they've been around, don't hurt to pay a little attention to what one of them tells you about stuff. You can learn a lot more from them than what take your lifetime to learn a lot of that if you don't listen. Uh, if you were to give any advice to either your kids or grandkids or other people who want to come up into the industry, what advice would you give them? <laughs> I don't know exactly what advice I'd give them other than they, they've got to want to do it. You know, if they don't want, if they don't, if there's any inkling that they don't want to do it, they'd be better off go to college and go do something else. But if that's what they want to do and they're happy doing it, that's, that's most everything in this life. If I, I'm kind of like the old board bird said, I don't figure I ever worked a day in my life because I just done what I wanted just about my whole life. I did work for Kayabab, but I enjoyed that logging and skidding logs. Uh, so I can't really say I put many days into doing anything I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. And to be in this ranch business, if, if you want to do it, you enjoy doing it. That's the main thing. So. I pretty well enjoyed it, you know. I spent a lot of days with old Randy Gleave, you know, old Randy. Me and him partnered about all the time, done about anything you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like me, liked to hunt deer. We hunted more deer than you can imagine. Just every time we got a chance, we'd off hunting deer. And we chased cows about everywhere you could chase them. That Happy Canyon, I'll tell you, big canyon that cuts all that other country off. We took cattle off of Burr Point 
and drove down there and put them over in that happy canyon. Take you two or three days with pack horses. You know, you go down across the river and go out, go around up in there, and uh, and you have to camp over there with pack horse. You know, pack in and pack out of there. We done that two or three years. We'd go down in the fall with cattle and stay all winter, you know, and then come out in the in the spring. I didn't ever know whether it was happy to go in there or happy to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> them Hanksville people call that under the ledge. When you go under the ledge, you know, and that's what you do. You go under them big ledges. Huh. And you're in them canyons. That's just a big canyon. And I've always been out where I could see around, but you go down and stay in them canyons for about a week, and when you come out of them, man, you feel like a gopher coming out. You know, you're just glad <laughs> to look around. <laughs> Get down there and you can't ever see any further. Well, there's a picture of it right there, me and my dad over. Can you see that picture uh-huh. there? That's going into Happy Canyon or coming out of it. But uh, You're down under that ledge, so you're down in the canyons like that. So. And there's just a trail that's, I haven't been there, but I've seen it in pictures. Wide enough for cow, one cow at a time, single file, and straight off the other side. <laughs> well, Gosh. most of it's wider, but in places, what they done, they went in there looking for uranium, took cats and went and took up. It'll go up, you get on a, you can see that's on the shelf up there, the bottom of the canyon's still below you and ledge oh, above okay. you, but they took a cat and went around there and it'll, Wind all around there and go up the creek until you get up where you go up into Happy Canyon. But a lot of it sloughed off. In fact, we had to dynamite some ledges out there to get the cows up in there. But but like she said, a lot of this trail like that for miles. But That's cool. Did you always have pretty good horses around? I didn't ever think they were too good till I start buying horses from other people. <laughs> Then I decided I've owned some of the best. <laughs> <laughs> Did you raise the best ones? Yeah. Them two horses right there, that little one my dad's on, I think is probably the best cow horse i ever seen there. The reason is my dad had quite a temper, and he tried to, that horse make him mad. If a cow ever got by him, he got worked over. <laughs> <laughs> and that horse, I took him out on the mountain and put a cow in a trailer just he just had her until she went in. He just plain, that's probably the best cow horse I ever, he was so quick and he'd get, he just had him. And then I think he thought the old man was there going to give him a lick. <laughs> <laughs> and he, did your dad raise him or did he buy him? Yeah, we raised him. Yeah. Both of them right there, that's a brother and a sister, them two horses. And it was out of a horse I called Spook. He's a spooky bugger that, He's a good cow horse, but he's also... Me and Randy got after some goats out there one day. Out Some wild goats had turned them loose. Man, I didn't know what goats do that. They got big old horns on them. And we caught them out on... They'd run off in this canyon, but we caught them out <laughs> on the flat there and decided we'd rope them. And I come right up on that goat on that spook's horse, and I guess he got a, he smelled that goat or something. I just tried to throw the rope, and he just lit into bucking out through there. <laughs> Throwed my rope off and throwed my gun out of the scabbard, but I managed to ride him. But Randy, he went on, cut, had a goat by one horn, and his rope was about to come off of him. And I got my horse, got over there, but I couldn't get that horse up to him. I had to get off with my rope and go rope the goat afoot. 
the goofy bugger. I don't know what he smelled, but he wasn't going to get anywhere around the goat. <laughs> then we loaded the goat. Bigger, we had the horns out wide and a little. Back then, we didn't have the best of trailers. It wasn't a very wide trailer, but then we couldn't get our horses in with the stinking goat. So. <laughs> Well, we had to turn the goat loose. Uh, <laughs> what were you going to do with it? We're just going to show people the goat. I don't know <laughs> what we're going to do with it. That picture, I didn't notice it, but you didn't ever see old Uncle Scott leave, did you? Randy's dad. Just pictures. He had a big beard, you know, and a... Right over my shoulder, he's looking over there at us. I tell him, that's my guardian angel, old Uncle Scott. Can you see right that guy kind of looking right over my shoulder in the dirt there? Oh, you yes, see him? Yeah. That's him like old Uncle Scott there on that picture. That's what I picture. Watching over you guys. Watching over us. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I've had so many. I... I <clears throat> Down the temple, them fellers told me, they said, good heck, they said, you'll never go to heaven. You've lived your heaven here, right here on earth. So, <laughs> I've had so many hunting trips and cow trips and just, I don't know, I can, I don't know which one would be the best or the worst, but <laughs> me and that old Uncle Scott there one day, that was a good horse I had. You said something that I seen somewhere where I was supposed to tell you about my best horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this brought, I don't know if he's my best one, but he's one I had when I was 18, a big old Palomino horse. He built a big old tall horse, and he'd never fall down. I'd run, when I was young enough and crazy enough, I'd run him anywhere. Dad said I was going to get killed. More, all of them tell me, but me and old Uncle Scott and Randy's hunting deer up John's Valley. Come right down the last cedars and run two big bucks right out into the sagebrush in John's Valley, only over on the west side, you know, where the highway goes up if you look over to the west. Mm -hmm. Like an idiot, I built him on this old big horse. And I'd go right up and catch up with him. By the time I'd pull him up and jump off, they'd be out and I couldn't hit him. I'd jump back on and go again. I'd try shooting him over the horse, and, you know, running, jumping brush. <laughs> But there's some oysters out in there that's as wide as this house. And you can't, coming out in a big rabbit brush, you can't see them till loud they was. And I jumped two or three oysters on that horse that day, and I went back and looked at how we got across Gosh. them. I don't know. That horse, any other horse could no way have jumped them. But, and the one, the, his back feet fell off as he hit, you know, on the far bank. Uh -huh. Like an idiot, I kept going with them deer, turned back up for the hill, and I thought, well, I was going to quit. The horse was getting run down. I could, I'd tried hitting them two or three times, but <clears throat> thought I'll run them up here one more time, jump off. And I was just thinking of jumping off, and one of them deer just went rolling. And I thought, now I've run them right to some California hunter, and I jumped off in, and right where I jumped off, a bigger buck, or a buck just as big, I guess you want any bigger, jumped up across the wash and took off. And I knocked him down. He went so far away, but I looked up there, and that was old Uncle Scott shot that deer. He'd watched oh. me and he took a shortcut. I took way down. He'd come across <laughs> here. <coughs> Maybe he shot this and I shot that. And then the buck that was with that one, he turned and went back. Scott scared him and he went back for the valley. And old Uncle Scott said, let's go get that one. <laughs> I goes, I'd chase deer on like, I guess a hound dog after deer. I went down, back down through the last trees and, 
Same thing went running him around. I figured old Uncle Scott nowhere around, and the horse was getting tired again. I, I knew that we went through a prospect. I knew where it dropped off into prospect. I'd get off, and I could shoot at the deer for quite a ways. I thought that I just got him over there, and I thought I'm getting off and letting him go. Now again, I just started getting off, and that deer went rolling off. <laughs> Uncle Scott had taken cross and we fixed but it was three big old buck deer we killed right there and had a lot of fun, but crazy how it didn't. He was hollering for me to stop when I took off, but I couldn't hear him anyway. So <laughs> he said he figured if I was going to kill myself, he'd as well cut across and pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good horse. I don't know what he'd. And he, he was one you raised also? Well, I bought that horse from old Richard Wagner. Brought it. I don't know if you remember them Palomino horses. There was kind of a breed of them back there. They were big, tall, pretty horses, not too wide, you know. Mm -hmm. His mother was a Palomino horse, and I don't know what his dad was, but he was he was a big old. He'd stand that much taller than most horses. And, uh, but the big thing was he. I never seen him off his feet. That's cool. You know, horses, there's different kinds of them. Some of them will do everything they can do to stay up, and them are the good ones, and some of them just don't much care. They'll just, <laughs> if everything ain't just right, they'll just tip over on you. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's that way, you got to be awful careful. <laughs> if everything ain't about right, they don't care. They'll just roll over you. <laughs> Have you had one or two roll over on you? Yeah. Yeah, I've had plenty of them do that. In fact, that one right there, the one right there, was that, or maybe that, and some other, it was that and right there. Rolled over me one day and had overshoes on. I could got, I've, I've got away from them about all the time, you know. I do tell them boys, that's one animal, and they go down, and you want to scramble for your life. <laughs> but it fell on the right side, and I... I got clear off, but this left foot wouldn't come out of the stirrup. I was out oh. on the ground, and I was running. I remind myself of a coyote in a trap, pulling with his foot hooked back <laughs> in. That horse come rolling. Rolled right up my leg and on my back. I was, yeah. my, you know, it went clear over, and I, was, I couldn't get away from it. But old Randy come along in and rolled it off. And I had a hurting leg, but it wasn't, nothing broke, I guess. It went on. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen them in some bad places, and I don't know. That Garrett and them boys of mine, they, they're just goofy. They've got them down some of the places that how they ain't got killed on them. I don't know. <laughs> do you still raise horses today to use? We do. I kind of tried to buy some, and like I said, I didn't know mine was so good until I started trying to buy a horse or two. Do you have a particular breed that you like, or...? Got some old Myers that's come from that, that been on the place forever. I guess they come clear back from my grandpa. I don't know. They're just just horses. If you stay with them Myers for that bloodline, I tell you, you can buy every horse out of them. It's a good one. Good one for what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, probably better arena horses somewhere. Better, I don't know. If they're, they'll all have a cow and they got good sense. You can haul a deer on them or... The main thing, they're not too wide. You can ride them all day and don't feel like you. And they can. <laughs> and the big thing, they can travel. They walk, you know. If you ever get on one that steps about this far and jogs with you all day, 
and all the prettiness soon leaves him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh? I've been on one, one or two of those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I've had several good horses. I've had some kind of idiots too. <laughs> <laughs> that just comes with the job, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Something that I like to ask people too is what's the hardest part about running cattle where you do? Because I feel like that changes through the generations. So right now for you, what's the hardest part about running your cattle where you do? Where we do? Well, like I told you, the government or them government employees, although they have gotten better, you know, uh, for some reason the BLM the last few years been the best to get along with they've been for a long time BLM I ain't had no trouble and this forest service where the sheep run they're having only this we got this herd of environmentalists that's come in out here on this Monroe Mountain they've invited a lot of them in here I call it Monroe Mountain Aspen regeneration thing and they get all this working group out there working group and so they they're all driving around and each one of them pointing at what they think we ought to do <laughs> and that don't go i mean they can point out a lot of work for you know it's all bs is what it is but we could get along with the government people all right you know if they didn't bring in them people but they get all them environmentalists and whatnot in and and it can be quite a turn into quite a deal but if you go back, stand up for your ride, I think that's all all we need to do. As a people right here, the main thing we got to remember is what a ride is. We're not old Mexico or even Canada. This is the United States where we're guaranteed, or we're supposed to be guaranteed our right to liberty, you know, freedom. And then we're guaranteed their property right, you know, that's... Big thing here, they, a lot of them call it democracy, but it's not. It's a republic, and the difference is, is a republic, a right is protected. For a democracy, it's the will of the people. You know, if they all want to vote to go take somebody's property, I guess there's more voting for it. They go do it, but in a good old republic, they can't. It's protected. <clears throat> the ranchers, if we I was going to say to get together and stand up. Well, you don't even have to get together. Just stand up for your rights, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if a lot of them know that or not, but your sheriff is your main, you know, that's the law of the county. Yeah. He's got the right. He can arrest anybody he needs arresting. If he ain't got enough help, he can deputize every person in the county, you know. Uh, but if you got good county commissioners and the sheriff... There's no reason not to stand up for your right, but even if they them stand up for your, I mean, your right's your right, you know. Yeah. You don't need to be pushed around. Like I say, the people that should be the permittee, is them, we're permitting those people to work for us, you know. <clears throat> <clears throat> they want to start calling us the permittee, like they're giving us a permit to go out there with good hell. <clears throat> we was out there before they ever come along, you know. And we didn't hurt the land. They're, they're finding out now they've got a lot of that wilderness and bringing all these tourists in, and all of a sudden they're complaining now all their petroglyphs is getting destroyed and all kinds of stuff, ain't they? And yeah. 
old rancher's been there for 200 years and nothing happened, but uh, bringing in all this other stuff. Like this Mount Dutton, that, them old sheep herders are them trees, and they had some sands on now that were worth stopping and reading, you know. And that fire burned them all up. I miss mm -hmm. that. Uh, you ride yeah. up the creek and get tickled, like reading their stories up through that. Yeah. One old bird said, if this dog didn't start working, he's going to shoot his dog. <laughs> and on up the trail, it said, I wish I had my dog back. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my dog. <laughs> Well, thank you for your time. Well, you're welcome. I don't know if it would have done you any good. but It has. I didn't mean to keep you so long on a Sunday on your day off, but well, I appreciate okay. it. <laughs> that concludes part two of my interview with Stanton Glebe. Thanks for listening. Like always, if you know somebody who would like to be interviewed for this podcast, please send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And like always, to put a face behind the name, head over to our Instagram page to see who else we have talked to. Our Instagram is at cowboystories underscore podcast. See you next time. part two of my interview with Stanton Glebe. Thanks for listening. Like always, if you know somebody who would like to be interviewed for this podcast, please send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. And like always, to put a face behind the name, head over to our Instagram page to see who else we have talked to. Our Instagram is at cowboystories underscore podcast. See you next time. Thank you.